When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mike Myers will be Kevin's special guest on the next Kevin McDonald's Kevin McDonald Show, live at New York City Podfest. The show is Saturday, April 8th, 9.30 p.m. at the Bell House in Brooklyn. Tickets are only $15 and are available at foreverdogpodcast.com and nycpodfest.com. The show is almost sold out, though, so stop whatever you're doing and buy them now before they're all gone. You do not want to miss the opportunity to see Mike Myers and Kevin on one stage together. For the latest updates on all live shows, be sure to follow Forever Dog Team on Twitter, at Forever Dog Team, and like Forever Dog Productions on Facebook. First, a quick word from our sponsors, and then after, please enjoy Kevin McDonald's Kevin McDonald Show, live from Nerdmount in Los Angeles, with special guests Scott Thompson, Dana Gould, and the Gin Blossoms. Kevin McDonald's Kevin McDonald Show is brought to you by Casper.com. Hey, receive $50 towards any mattress purchase at www.caspertrial.com slash Kevin McDonald. That's me. And by WarbyParker.com. That's W-A-R-B-Y Parker. Everyone knows how to spell Parker.com. Get a free five-day home try-on. Sounds sexy. At www.WarbyParkerTrial.com slash Kevin McDonald. Hey, I'm rapping. Five pairs, five days, 100% free. Ladies and gentlemen, without any further ado, Dana Gould. Thank you, a guy. I'm the announcer for Kevin McDonald's Kevin McDonald Show. Ladies and gentlemen, are you ready? Are you ready for the show? Yeah, there will be a show and a whole lot of announcing. Ever since I was a kid when I announced my father's infidelity to my mother, I realized it was my calling. I've announced the cream of the crop, ladies and gentlemen, and I've made a good name for myself, and as a result, I'm quite often much bigger than the people I announce. So ladies and gentlemen, let's give a big hand for a fine sketch comic whose presence never really hurt the kids in the hall. Um, <laughs> Mr. Kevin McDonald who's not as big as his own announcer! Thank you. Thank you, let's have a big hand for my very popular announcer. Much more popular than me. Thank you, thank you and, and, uh, and yes. I know. Uh, well, thank you very much for announcing my tiny little podcast. 
Uh, announcer, have you ever heard it before on my podcast? Yeah. And uh, I know I shouldn't put you on the spot, but uh, <laughs> what do you think? Well, I think it's just wonderful, Kevin. Absolutely fantastic. The, uh, the best podcast out there. Really? <laughs> yeah. I never stop laughing. It's always 75 minutes of nonstop laughter. On the I, dot. I didn't. I didn't think it was possible to laugh for 75 minutes, but you have proven me wrong, Kevin. I sometimes wish it would go on for another 75 minutes. 150 minutes of Kevin McDonald's laughter would suit me just fine. Your podcast is as good as both of the Godfather movies. <laughs> Wait a second. We're in Sarcasticville, aren't we? <laughs> yes. I don't like it here in Sarcasticville. Okay, then let's go to Truth City. I usually only laugh two or three times at your show, and the last podcast was so long I shot my dog, and tonight I pray for the life of my cat. <laughs> well, then, I better start. <sighs> Ladies and gentlemen, Kevin McDonald! Thank you! Thank you! Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you. Thank you. I want you to know that I used to live in Los Angeles for 16 years. 16 years of Los Angeles. I, I was there. I was there. I was there the, that fateful day when they changed the area code to 323. I was there. I'll never forget. I'll never forget that where I was. I'll never forget where I was that day. Just like I'll never forget where I was when John Lennon died or Abraham Lincoln. Uh, you just don't forget those things. Why don't I live in Los Angeles anymore? What happened? Well, um, I know I'm a very, 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 very huge, 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 gigantic, gigantic, minor, minor celebrity. <laughs> well, minor celebrity, celebrity, if you dip your toe in the pool, you're wet. I'm a celebrity. I'm a major <laughs> celebrity. I really am. Uh, but recently, I've, I've done a very, very human being thing, ladies and gentlemen. I have fallen in love with a woman, a, a whole woman. <laughs> And um, I think being uh, a little famous helped me be attractive uh, to her. Uh, there's nothing wrong with that. Some guys are good looking. Some guys had TV shows in the 90s. <laughs> I'm a 90s minor celebrity. All my friends are 90s celebrities. All of them. Should I text the drummer of the Black Crows? Would you like that? Perhaps we can phone Freddie Prince Jr. <laughs> hey, should I Instagram Puck from Real World? <laughs> I don't know. I, uh... I can get you Kato Kalin's number. That would be great. <laughs> Thank you. That would be great. Um, uh, and I have fallen with this woman. I have fallen so crazy in love. So crazy, as Beyonce would say, so crazy in love. Um, I have done a crazy in love thing. I have moved from Los Angeles, the uh, place of 323, to the northern, northern wilds, wilds of Canada. Well, it's a city called Winnipeg. Bears aren't chasing me or anything. It, it has buildings. But still, it's a big move. Um, Winnipeg is not a showbiz city. And, um, and I am a man. I am a man who has been nominated and lost many, many awards. <laughs> you can only be a big award loser in a city like Los Angeles. Uh, there's not many awards to lose uh, in Winnipeg. I had to adapt. And it's a, it's a big life change. Um, this woman I love has two kids. Two whole kids! And I've never had kids. Uh, I've done some babysitting, but I usually lose them. And one of the first times, it was just me and her two kids alone. It was uh, kind of a disaster. Uh, their mom uh, was out working, and I had to make them dinner. Only I accidentally burned the food. Um, they started complaining that they were hungry. 
Um, I looked in the fridge. There was nothing uh, really there to make uh, for dinner. Uh, they started crying and calling me names. They were upset. I got upset. They kept crying and saying that they hated me. They wouldn't let up. Finally, I screamed and said, Food! Hey! I've lost three Emmys! <laughs> three Emmys! You want food? I've lost three Do you know anyone in Winnipeg who's lost three major television awards? No, I've lost bigger awards, way bigger awards than you will ever lose. So shut up and have your dinner waffles. <laughs> True story, actually. <laughs> I'm seeing a psychiatrist. Uh, the kids don't think I'm as worried as they used to. Uh, it doesn't help that I'm a bad driver, especially the way when they're in the car for some reason. I've gotten a few crashes with the kids in the car, always with the kids in the car. I don't know how many times they've been called the witness by a police officer <laughs> or shaking glass out of their hair. Um, uh, and the other drivers always get mad at me. And the little girl and my, uh, the, the little girl is always asking me, fake daddy, what does this mean? Kevin does the finger. Thank you. And I say, uh, well, fake daughter, um, it means uh, good driving, have an excellent day. And uh, she says, oh, can I do that for mommy next time we're in the car? Yes, that would be nice, fake daughter. <laughs> Another true story. Um, both the kids play hockey, which makes me a hockey dad, or I guess a fake hockey dad. I'm, I'm trying to be a good hockey dad, but I'm a performer. I'm in showbiz. Um, it's hard to live in both worlds, so sometimes you'll hear me say to the kids, it, it's time to drive you to the theater. Rink! Uh, come on, we'll be late for rehearsal. Practice! Uh, come on, hurry to the green room. Locker room! You've got to be quicker in your costume change. Line change! You, you've got to work better with your fellow actors. Teammates! Listen to your director. Coach! Good luck on the show! Game! Oh my God, you were nominated for an Emmy? I mean, made the playoffs? <laughs> and my fake daughter is a 12-year-old uh, goalie, and she's uh, actually a good goalie. And last season, they had to win their last game to get in the playoffs. But... If my stepdaughter made the playoffs, I would have had to cancel the trip to Mexico. I was going to take uh, with her mother. Um, because me had to see the playoffs. It's my daughter. <laughs> so now, I'm in the position, uh, naturally, of wanting my stepdaughter to have a horrible, embarrassingly bad game. Uh, so that her team loses. Naturally, um, I, I think of her in net and start visualizing her as a colander. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Uh, so at the game, after feeding her sleep-inducing uh, tryptophan-filled turkey for lunch, I cheer out loud for her team, Go Rangers! But inside I'm saying, Scorner! 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 Between periods, I walk past the other team's bench and I say, Aim for the upper left corner. She has a weak glove hand. Hit her if you have to. She's a crier. Uh, why don't you hit her in the mask and maybe get the rebound? I, I go to the sniper. Look, here's a 20. Make it count. She did, and I got my vacation uh, from Winnipeg. Not L.A., Winnipeg. I live in Winnipeg. I used to live in L.A., now I live in Winnipeg. It's definitely not L.A. Hey, Kev, I hear you're living in a city called Winnipeg. No, sir, I live in a town that I call not L.A. Well, it sure looks like a town called Winnipeg. Well, so I don't kill myself, I give it a different name. G. E. That's the only way I can do it. I live in not L.A. I swim at not the beach. I go to not to work. Not at TV studios. I make not money. 
I not eat well. I'm very not healthy. I have not dreams. And I'm not happy. Well, you, Kev, you got a great life in Winnipeg. No, no, I hate my life. I want to be in real LA. <laughs> but there must have been such a good reason to move to Winnipeg. No! <laughs> I love a girl who I should buy a moving truck so we can move away, away from not LA. Where I not call my agent. The only uh, kind not LA is a real estate agent. I have not a tan in not Marina Del Rey. I'm not a Lakers fan. I'm not not in not LA, which means I am somewhere. Here in not LA, it is usually quite freezing with mosquitoes always seizing lighter children when they're sneezing and not sunset strips not pleasing cause there's no such place in not LA. I've a history of bad choices. I fear this was just another one of those. Like the time I joined the kids in the hall and not that other group, the state. And they're all rich now. And I'm now doing, doing podcasts or cartoons, I suppose. Who really knows I love you, so I'll stay in not L.A. Oh, every word of that was true. Every <laughs> word of that was true. Pretty much every word, announcer. Pretty much every word, sir. Yes, sir. Yes. I'm, look, <laughs> I'm, very, I'm very proud to announce this next sketch we're about to do for you. And what I should say, just to be real for a minute, is that I'm very proud of Kevin for presenting this sketch that he wrote. Kevin, of course, is from the kids in the hall. And... Their fans only expect the best sketches possible from each and every member. <laughs> so, so for Kevin to perform this very, very mediocre sketch <laughs> proves just how brave he is. <laughs> and how desperately he wants to get out of the kids in the hall's shadow. 
And this sketch is sure to do that. <laughs> In fact, this sketch is like a comedy version of John Lennon's first solo album if John Lennon's first album was mediocre and not brilliant. <laughs> which it is. It is to good sketches what John Wick is to not shooting people. <laughs> this sketch is mediocre, which makes Kevin even more brave. Anyone can be proud to present a brilliant piece of work, but it takes a true hero to be willing to perform a substandard piece of nothingness like this sketch. Ladies and gentlemen, I am very proud to announce for this very substandard and mediocre sketch. We take you to an open spaced office where several people are at their desks working the door to the main office opens and the boss, Mr. Morganfield, steps out. Husk, uh, can you come to my office for a moment? Okie dokie smokey. Mr. Morganfield goes back into his office. Husk stands up and faces his fellow employees. Boss seems to need me, so uh, t uh, I'll just uh, be with the boss. Boss calls, I go. I'll be with the boss. Yeah, boss must need me pretty bad. I'm going now. This is the boss. Boss time. <laughs> boss time. Like a cocky bastard, Husk enters Mr. Morganfield's office. Mm -hmm. uh, yes, Mr. Morganfield. Uh, what can I do you for? <laughs> do, uh, you need my help to uh, 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 put out a fire? Have a seat, Husk. Okie dokie. Great chair. Thank you. Can I borrow it? No. Oh. In fact, get out of that chair and get in that one. But that's a much smaller chair. Yes, get in it. Okay. Thank you. Now, Husk, this is the hardest part of the job. Uh-oh. But I'm afraid that due to our self-imposed budget cuts yeah. that we're doing for no reason, we're going to have to let you go. Now, I'd love to tell you that it's uh, you we're letting go because you were the last one hired. But as you well know, Finkelman, Leibowitz, and the Johansson triplets were hired long after you. No, it's simply because you are thought of as the least efficient worker out of a group of very, very inefficient workers. Great. But let me tell you, <laughs> whether it's true or not, yeah. that you missed by this much. Mr. Morganfell puts his thumb and forefinger a few inches apart. He looks at his fingers. Well, maybe this much. Hmm. He spreads his thumb and forefinger apart a little more. But the point is, you tried your best, and uh, I'd be happy to blah, 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 uh, blah. Sir, should you be actually blah, be saying blah, 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 Hi, everybody. Tim Heidecker here with huge news. We have a terrific episode of Office Hours Live prepared for you. We had the great stand-up comedian Kyle Kinane come in, and a very special in-studio music session from legendary Emdu Mokhtar. You're not going to want to miss this one. You can find it on your podcast app of choice by going to Sears or Macy's and getting an iPod and then coming home, charging it up, and listening through your app. Oh, I, uh,
I don't have a job. <laughs> I don't have a job. That's okay, because I still have my wife. I still have my wife. I'll get another job. <laughs> yeah, another job. Six months later, we go to another office where Danny Husk is working at a cubicle next to other employees at other cubicles. Boy, I love cubicles. Huh? Bring out the best in one. <laughs> in one. Yeah. Well, it's pretentious if you say me. Uh, I'm going to start a business. Uh, yeah, I'm going to start a business where I produce only cubicles. And all the employees will be happily sitting at their cubicles, selling other cubicles to other people at their cubicles who need better cubicles. <laughs> I love cubicles. Danny's new boss, Mr. Wallsmith, walks up to Danny's cubicle. Um, say, Husk, mm -hmm. can I uh, see you for a moment in my office? Okay, is it about cubicles? Just come into my office, Husk. Oh. Husk follows the boss into his office, smiling to himself about cubicles. <laughs> Wallsmith sits behind his desk. <clears throat> so, uh, what would you like to talk to me about, Mr. Wallsmith? Well, um, you see... Uh... <laughs> You're not going to fire me, are you? <laughs> oh, no, 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 uh, no. good. No, of course not. <laughs> he is. Mr. Wallsmith gestures to his right, where we see Danny's old boss, Mr. Morgenfeld, <laughs> who's awkwardly crammed behind his desk, tightly in the corner of the small office. Husk, have a seat. Uh-oh. Husk, this is the hardest part of the job, for, for Mr. Wallsmith anyway. Yeah. It's getting easier for me. <laughs> but it's hard for him, so he called and asked yeah. me to do it. Uh-oh, again. Sorry, Husk, but we, uh, they, uh -huh. uh, are going to have to let you go. But mm -hmm. apparently this time, you only missed by this much. Oh. He holds his thumb and forefinger closer together than the last time. Which means that you are improving by a bit of a thumb, and that's good news. And, yeah. and I believe if you continue to work hard, you will blah, 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 drone on, drone on, pretending to talk, but really thinking about my mistress, even though I don't have one, blah, 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 <laughs> drone on, drone on. I don't have a job again. <laughs> I don't have a job again. It's okay, though, because I still have my wife. <laughs> I can get another job. I'll get another job! Still got my wife. My wife. Still got her. We cut to the kitchen of Danny Husk's house. One month later, Danny is looking at his wife, who is crammed in with Mr. Morganfield behind his desk which is squeezed in next to the fridge. Hmm. Husk, your wife finds this the hardest part of the marriage. <laughs> but she's going to have to let you go. But, but honey, I love you. She shrugs. She can't talk, Husk. This podcast couldn't afford to hire an actress for just one line. Uh. <laughs> she shrugs again. Uh, so how much did I miss by this time? Mr. Morganfeld holds his hands very far apart. Oh. It seems she's fallen in love with another man. Oh. Me. It didn't start that way. Uh, she had originally decided to leave you just because you never uh, have any work. Mm -hmm. She asked me to tell you, and as she was helping me carry the desk into the kitchen, we fell in love and had sex on the very same desk. You know how it is. Well, now I do. <laughs> well, you're still young, and in time, blah, 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 droney, 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 blah, 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 droney, droney, blah, 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 desk sex, desk sex, blah, 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 blah. I don't have a job. I don't have a wife. I don't have a job, and I don't have a wife. But well, that's okay, because I still have my boat. 
Yeah. Still have my boat. My beautiful boat. My floaty, my boat. My floaty boat. <laughs> you know my boat. I think you sold it. <laughs> I think so. Oh, we cut to a sailboat with boat. Danny Husk sitting on it. Yeah. Across from him is Mr. Morgenfeld sitting behind his desk, which has punctured holes in the boat, causing it to sink. Your boat wants you to know this is the hardest part of the ocean. But you are blah, 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 drowning, drowning, sex with your wife on a desk, blah, 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 sex with your wife on a desk, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> and that's the mediocre sketch, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, Kevin. I told you. I told you. And yet you persisted. I told you Mr. McDonald was a hero. <clears throat> thank you, thank you. And a big hand uh, for the announcer. Thank you. A big hand for Phil, who played the second boss. A big hand for Scott Thompson. Really oh, good. Phil, leave. <laughs> okay. And now I'm gonna interview Scott. You're gonna interview me. <laughs> yeah. Good idea to have me do this sketch to get out of the shadow of the kids in the hall. Yes, I know. That was smart. You're that the shadow. That was smart. Is that chair? Oh, there's two chairs. Oh. I oh, have questions. It's without podium. Sans podium. Oh. Do you want to sit? No, no. Uh, yeah, I'll sit. Yeah. You can stand and I'll sit. That may be interesting no, no, visually. Um, that may be interesting visually. No, because I can sit because then if I, if I feel like I want to, you know, like punctuate something, I can stand. Yes. Yeah. Is there anything you want to talk about? No. Anything happened before the show you found interesting? What? You mean <laughs> the cute guy who delivered the subpoena? Yes. <laughs> Scott thought he was cute. I did. Until he handed Kevin the subpoena. Yeah. And then I didn't want to fuck him anymore. No, no. And, 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 you know, that's amazing for me. That I, is amazing. Because I try to You're keep politics friend. out of the bedroom. You're a true friend. Uh, people, I fucked Uday Hussein. So, you know. True story. I, I, I didn't know. It was just a hot Ten minutes spot. before the show. Ten minutes. Kevin anyway. had a subpoena to live. And he said to me before, don't mention it. But and then, then you set me up to mention it. Then I mentioned it, yeah. I mentioned it 10 minutes ago. Oh, you did? It's on my mind. <laughs> Why would it be on your mind? I don't know. <laughs> Is there anything I could have done with that guy? Uh, I could have taken him out. I could have, I could have fucked him away. Mountains. Fucked him away. Why didn't I fuck you him You could have away? fucked him away. I, those days are gone. I can't fuck anyone away anymore. <laughs> I remember. I used to be able to. What are we talking about? Forget my stupid questions. <laughs> Is there any boyfriend you want to talk about? Oh, no, God, no, no. <laughs> no. None of that. No, no. That, right. I should tell him. <laughs> yes. I, I did name my cat after Uday Hussein as well. Oh. Yeah. And why didn't you tell uh, Uday's lip for how many years? He lived, I just killed him. What happened? I put him down. <laughs> I'm setting him up. I know this story. I'm being like a talk show host. I did. I had you put him down. What happened, Scott? Well, he was 18. He was, I, I was moving back to L.A. I couldn't bring him to L.A. He was born here, but he was 88 years old in human years. Human years. And you know, he was, you know, he was vomiting like out of his penis, and you know, he was crying. No, he, was through his, he, he was crying miserable. Through his, I was at your apartment. He, a was, month he was ago. crying he was through his ass. He had to go. And I thought I couldn't bring him down here because you know why? He couldn't handle the political situation. <laughs> it would have killed him, Kevin. He was always anti-Trump. Always, <laughs> always. From day one, he called Trump. He knew. <laughs> He knew. His father told him. He, he'd go a around. Bad man. Hillary this. Hillary, Hillary that, that. Hillary Riddle this. Riddle me this. Hillary that. 
So, uh, did it go well putting him down? Well, it was difficult, Kevin, because... Tell me. It took me... <laughs> it took me two ch- I had to do it twice. What? Well, the first time I took him, I didn't get my regular vet. So I had to have the... They had, like, a, like a pinch-hitting vet. And, uh, so... You, you know that baseball term? I didn't. I can't believe I pulled that out of my... What's a full count? A, 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 a jockey. Yes. Yeah. Is that good? Was I in the bullpen? Close to the bullpen? Not even close. Okay. So anyways, he was pitching... She. Uh, so it's, it's an ugly story. She, she's an, uh, she was a she. It was a she, yeah. And uh, so I was with my cat. I'd been sobbing all Wait morning. a minute. If, yeah. I don't want to interrupt, but if, 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 if she was a she, yeah. that adds a whole new wrinkle to vomiting out of the penis. No, no, not my cat's a boy. Oh, okay. The vet was a she. Oh, okay. Yeah, she was. That explains a lot. No, not that women can't have penises. Oh, no. <laughs> it's 2017. Well, that's right. 2017. Because if it In was. In fact, a, she might have been. If it was she a, was a lesbian, she was packing. So she'd brought a penis, but it was detachable. <laughs> I, I'm not kidding. This is a true story. But well, it was now different. I feel stupid. Yeah. No, so she, she came in, and I, I, I didn't. This might go really wrong, bad. Say I. Uh, well, I was. The there's no way a killing your cat story is going to go bad. <laughs> well, you know, people are. You know, we grew up in a different time. I grew up in a time when you 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 killed animals when they were you were done with them. <laughs> right. Yeah, if you were done with them and they had one cough, you killed them. Well, I got to tell a story before I get to this story, Kevin, because this is an interview. Oh, okay, this is. One time when I was a little boy, I was like 10 years old, I was, my, I come, a lot of farmers in my family, so they're like pragmatic people. And it was at my Aunt Jean, she was an, old, an older woman, she ran a farm, she lived alone, she was a widow. And uh, <laughs> I was sitting, I was like 10, I was <laughs> sitting at the table, and uh, she came by with like a burlap bag and it was wriggling. I'm like, what the hell is that? And she's like, ah, it's just a bag of kittens. I'm like, what are you doing with them? <laughs> it's not my birthday. <laughs> she goes, I'm taking them out to the creek to drown them. <laughs> That's what they did back then. I was like, of course, I was just a, I burst into tears. Why would you do that? And she's like, oh, would you man up? If I don't kill them, they'll all get diseased. So they had so many, had hundreds of barn cats. So she made me watch her drown the kittens to toughen me up. And did it? No, it, it just, I'm haunted by it to this day. Well, do you, whoa. But that's what are they you, did. It was, are you telling me that you, Scott Thompson, a skilled performer, yes. were worried about how that story was going to go over? <laughs> I, was. I had nothing to worry about, did I? It's just no. about murdering, not just you know cats, how to close. baby cats. You know how to close. Maybe if I called them baby cats, that's a little softer than kittens. But they had to because they would have all died of disease and they would have, they cannibalize each other on the farms. They do. Right? You know, there's someone that understands. Is that true? Are you that, a farmer? Is that true? You understand that. So anyway, so anyway, so this is. That's why we drown poor people. That's yeah. Because we cannibalize We each used other. to. <laughs> they get diseases. We will be again soon. <laughs> but no, that's good. But I. So, so this who is, day? This, who is day? The, this is the background to this story. So, anyways, I bring my cat, and it's a very difficult decision. And and then the, the, she comes in, and I she's uh, got short hair, overalls. <laughs> she's looking down like she's following a curling rock. 
and I think, oh, lesbian. This might not go so well. Now, I'm just saying, lesbians don't like to kill cats. They, you often see them on Pride Day with a dead cat on their shoulder. No, it's just sleeping, just sleeping. So, so I thought it might not go well. So right. I, I, I was triggered a little. Just a little. Like a cat. Like a cat. Like a cat. My back went up. Like that. Because I've seen that. I'll be honest. I mean, gay men and lesbians, eh, we're kind of a we're kind of a fake allies. Like I think the only people that think of us as allies are straight progressive people. You all love it. Oh, look at the fags and the dykes marching together. We hate each other. We have zero in common, zero. <laughs> Everything we want, they want to stop. They're like cats and we're like, we're like dogs, playful puppies, ignoring the rules. And they're like, no, that's not the right way to do things. And they usually do it on a bullhorn. So anyways, this is a very difficult day for me. Of course, Kevin. of course, of course. So I'm thinking, don't, Scott, don't stereotype. I'm going to say don't archetype, but that makes me seem like pretentious and I don't even know what stereotype means. But don't stereotype. And then she goes to my cat, Uday, and she starts like, <laughs> I know. I told her, when I told her that his name was Uday, she wasn't pleased by that. <laughs> Why is that funny? Well, because he was hot. You know what I mean? I know, Lesbians have a difficult time keeping politics out of the bedroom. Yeah. You know what I mean? I, faggots don't. So she starts palpitating him. You know, like, and it, she's like going, well, this cat doesn't seem like he's on his deathbed. I'm like, what? Are you second guessing me? And she's like, well, I, I usually when I put a cat down, they're much worse off. I go, he's vomiting out of his eyes. He's ready to go. And she's like, well, I don't know. I could do lots to keep him going. I go, I don't give a fuck. <laughs> Seriously, I'm sure you could take him to like a big farm where lesbians are raising cats that look like skeletons. I'm not interested. <laughs> I'm not interested in your walking dead cat farm. <laughs> right? This, right. Is a, this is a painful story. It's, it's a painful story, yeah. You're having a painful time, yes. Painful. painful. So anyway, you're, you're she's... Being, you're being shamed. She's shaming. She's shaming you. Is that shaming me? Yeah. She and your just, cats. And it's she your... probably knew who she was. She didn't like my, my work. And so I just thought, this isn't going well. It's not going well. And then I, she goes, well, we could give it, we could give the cat maybe some uh, uh, appetite stimulants. I'm like, no. I, I mean, you could. Uh, we could give it... <laughs> Do whatever you like. Go home to your dead cat and, find, and talk to it. I don't care. We could give it saline. That'll keep it going. I go, it's, I'm moving to L.A. It's inconvenient. <laughs> and she's like, that's a funny second name. <laughs> Thank you. I think it deserved a little more. Anyways, so... It just goes from bad to worse. And she's like, and I go, I don't, I, I was, I, I just went crazy. I'm like, yeah, I, you, what are you doing? You're making me feel awful on my, this terrible day. And I go, and then I said, you know what? It might have gone better if you told me your name, because she hadn't even introduced herself. And she's like, oh, well, I'm Dr. So-and-so, but you can call me Kathy. And I'm like, oh, Kathy. She's got cat in her name. 
There's no way this lesbian whose nickname is Cat is putting my cat down. So at that point, she said, get the fuck out of here. And I threw her out of her own examining room. I did. Look at people. I got, no, it's, look at, it's nothing against lesbians. Look, I have very, I have a number. I have three lesbian friends. But they're all comedians. It's just like, but when a gay men and a lesbian do become friends, it's a remarkable thing. People post pictures of it all the time, videos on Facebook. Like, it's like a donkey and a duck. Oh, did you see that? Oh my God, the donkey's grooming the duck. Look at that ferret. It's cleaning that giraffe's ears. Like, oh, look at that. It's a gay man and a lesbian shopping. And the gay man's listening to the lesbian. I'm crying like a baby. Hashtag miracle. Thank you for helping me develop this. You're welcome. So. Now, I might be so, in a cultural bubble, yes. but I am of the understanding right. that while not every, not every comedian is a lesbian, every lesbian is a comedian. That is totally. What, yes. Hilarious people. I, so, I, I, oh, it, so, so she, I throw her out. I don't know what to do. Suddenly, another doctor comes in. This was a man, but obviously on the spectrum. And <laughs> he was following that curling rock that I could, none of us could see but them, but with the confidence of a skip. <laughs> it's a curling term. Curling term. Canadians. Canadians. It's funny term. for Canadians. Canadians. Thank you. The confidence of a skip is very funny in Northern Ontario. <laughs> so I was, in sh I was in shock, right? Just <laughs> shock. So this, this guy comes in, his head down, blinking rapidly, smelling like his basement, and he, without even asking me, he opens my cat's mouth, like he did this little move where he just touched it in Uday's mouth, and then he threw a pill down his throat. I'm like, what are you... Now, this is going to be a very obscure reference, but I'm going to do it anyways. Okay. What are you doing? Fishing with a cormorant? <laughs> I can't even help Scott in that one. Go back to 1979. There's a National Geographic <laughs> about fishing with cormorants in Japan, and you'll go, that really deserved a lot more. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. Sorry, Scott. So anyways... I, so, could he, I can hear Dennis Miller laughing. Oh, he's totally... Oh, yeah. Andy Kinder would love it. It's so obscure. So, you know, and I don't know what to do. And then, before I know it, he, he's, he's putting, like, a needle into my cat, and he's injecting it with saline. And I go, what the fuck are you doing? She goes, well, Dr. Cat... Yeah, this was a caller. She told me to do this. I go, I don't fucking care what she wants. This cat's going down. I'm going to strangle it if you people don't fucking do your job. And then I threw him out of the examining room. And then I, I grab Uday, right? Uh -huh. And I, I'm, I've got him in, in his box. It's like his box. I'm, I'm so, I'm swinging it. Like I am, I'm swinging it like a, like a drunk pope, you know, with the, with the incense box. Like just, just. He's screaming. He hasn't made a noise in three weeks. Suddenly he's, he's crying. And I storm to the front desk. And I say to them, how much for that extortion? 
and they go, oh, sir, we're not gonna charge you. You're better not fucking charging me. And I march out and I walk home. My poor fucking cat is, it's just so tragic. But then when I get him home, I, I take him out and, and he recovers for like 48 hours. Oh, good for her. What a hero. And then, oh, you saved him for 48 hours. Oh, I fuck should sue her. And, oh, I really should, Kevin. If I was, if I was in the States, I would sue her. Because these people subpoena, love suing. I know a subpoena guy. You do. <laughs> I wanted to deliver it to her tomorrow. So I did, so I did two weeks later when my doctor was back. We did it. It was a. It was beautiful, and you know, I got you know, and, and I, cause I, I whispered to him. I said, Uday, I love you. He, I, I love this cat. Like he was my best friend. I said, and next time you're gonna go, but you're gonna die in the arms of a pretty cisgendered woman. <laughs> <laughs> he was straight, people. He'd been pawed by this old faggot for 18 years. <laughs> he deserved to die in the arms of a beautiful woman. And I said to him, I said, look, I love you dearly, and it's been a great ride, but you're going down the next time. Not even if the governor calls. <laughs> there we go. Thank you, Kevin. Well, that's amazing. Let's see. That's a, look at the time. That's touching. Do we have more time for another story? We don't. Can I just... We have to end the show. Can I just say that what I love about that story is it follows flawlessly the structure of Joseph Campbell's The Hero's Journey. <laughs> it really does. Scott, that's all the time we have for the interview. Is Are that you okay? kidding me? Am I wrong? Do we have more time? Fantastic. No, that was plenty. That so, was fantastic. <laughs> I'm not going to touch that. Thank you very Thank much. You very <laughs> you. Scott Thompson! <laughs> Scott Thompson! May I have a music stand back? A music stand? May I have a music stand? Is there a music stand? Can I have a music stand? Thank you very much. Now I'm going to read an ad. For you listeners of Kevin McDonald's Kevin McDonald Show, Casper is offering $50 towards any mattress, any mattress, even mattresses they don't own. Any mattress purchase at Casper.com. All right, not every mattress, I'm sorry. The Casper mattress is an obsessively engineered mattress at a shockingly fair price. It has just the right sink, don't know what that means. Just the right bounce. Have no idea what that means. Two technologies, latex foam and memory foam. Don't know what they are. Come together for a life well slept. Casper has a risk-free trial and a return policy. It also has a risky trial, but I would stay with a risk-free trial and a return policy. Try sleeping on a Casper for 100 days with free shipping and painless returns. I'll be there. I'll come to the mattress and I'll count. I'll say 99 days. I'll wait 24 hours. 100 days. It's done. No wonder the Casper mattress is the most awarded mattress of the decade. To receive $50 towards any mattress purchase, go to caspertrial.com slash Kevin McDonald. Once again, that's caspertrial.com slash Kevin McDonald for $50 towards any mattress purchase. Warby Parker is our next sponsor. Now, Warby Parker is offering a free five-day home try-on to give you the opportunity to check out their glasses. Yeah, they sell glasses. Cool. Glasses should not cost as much as an iPhone. Who said they did? Shut up. Warby Parker's prescription glasses start at $95, including prescription lenses. They make buying glasses online easy and risk-free. 
Warby Parker's home try-on program allows customers to order five pairs of glasses to be shipped directly to them, where they can try them on in the comfort of their own home and get feedback from friends, family, and colleagues, even ex-wives. Users can keep the frames for five days before sending them back free using the prepaid return shipping label with no obligation of purchase. Hey, when you place an order for prescription glasses, Warby Parker gets started on them right away and has them in your hands within 10 business days. I'll be there counting. Seven days, you have three days left to get your glasses. 24 hours later, eight days, you have two days, and so on. They usually arrive even faster than that, and then you can kick me out of your house. To get your home try-on today, go to warbyparkertrial.com slash Kevin McDonald. Once again, that's WarbyParkerTrial.com slash Kevin McDonald for your free five-day home try-on. Now, uh, if, if you um, uh, let me do this, I'm going to try some stand-up comedy. <laughs> I have been researching uh, stand-up comedy, and I'm now ready to try some st- stand-up comedy. <laughs> the kind of stand-up comedy I'm going to attempt tonight is called, a, a, Do You Know What Bothers Me? Kind of a bit. <laughs> it's a very popular uh, the brand of stand-up comedy. Uh, have you ever seen a comic do a, do you know what bothers me? Uh, kind of a bit. Uh, this is when a comic like your Jerry Seinfeld uh, stands in front of an audience and says, do you know what bothers me? And then he proceeds to tell the audience what bothers him, and they laugh because they can relate to it. For example, uh, your Jerry Seinfeld might stand in front of the audience and say, you know what bothers me? Doing laundry. Where do all the odd socks go? Is there an escape hatch in the dryer? Uh, is it thumping around there like a disco? What happens? Does one pair of socks have an argument and one of them leaves the dryer? What am I supposed to do with one sock? Just put one shoe on and hop around? This really bothers me. <laughs> so I, now Kevin McDonald, uh, will now uh, attempt to do my own, do you know what bothers me? Kind of a bit. <clears throat> Here I go. Do you know what bothers me? When you're born in Montreal in the early 60s and your father's an alcoholic dental equipment salesman. (laughs) That really bothers me. (laughs) Though at first things are good, we moved to Toronto. My mother's happy, my sister's happy, my father's a good dental equipment salesman. He wins three Golden Muller Awards in a row. He's good. But deep inside, this is not how he defines happiness. There was a black pit of resentment inside his soul. He thought he would get more out of life. His father was a lawyer. His father's father was a lawyer. He had two aunts and a hunchback cousin that were all lawyers. My father begins to look at his golden molars with hate. He soon gets introduced to two friends, Mr. Vodka and Mr. Orange Juice. He stops going to work all the time so he can hang out with his two friends. I am a chubby, not-so-popular teenager. I come home one day from school and my drunk daddy is there. He walks to my room and says, Hey, kid, how many girls called you today? Zero? Right, right, right. How many girls called you yesterday? Zero? Right, right, right. You know what zero times zero equals, don't you? Fag! Zero times zero always equals fag, my little gay mathematician. Soon after that, he breaks up with Mr. Orange Juice and just spends time with Mr. Vodka. He hides vodka bottles all over the house, the dryer, the dog bed, the toilet. Yes, I once pooed on a bottle of vodka. I didn't know it was there. He stops going to work completely and meets a new friend, Mr. Bankruptcy. We sell the house and move to a much smaller house. They rented condo. There are train tracks. You have to go over to our new house. Our new house is literally on the wrong side of the tracks. Good side, bad side. My father spends his days drunk lying on top of things, the floor, the stairs, the oven. And then it happens. The day I now call, the day that changed everything. <laughs> <laughs> 
My mother and sister are not around in a shopping mall. Shopping! My father is God knows where. I am home alone masturbating to Charlie Chaplin. I'm not masturbating to Charlie Chaplin. Uh, our big network in Canada, CBC, shows old Chaplin shorts every day at four. I'm alone in the house. My only time alone, I'm masturbating in front of Charlie Chaplin. <laughs> Two birds, one stone. <laughs> not that I would ever hit a bird with a stone or masturbate in front of a bird. Suddenly the phone rings. I stopped masturbating in front of Le Charlot. I answered the phone. It's the owner of a bar called Drinkies. He says, is your father Hamilton McDonald, the famous dental equipment salesman? Yes, I say. Well, he's over here more drunk than I've ever seen anyone ever before, ever. And my bar has won the Golden Drunkard Award three years in a row. He tells me I better go get him. I make my way down the wrong side of the tracks. This is a true story too. Where this award-winning drunk bar is. I go inside. I see my father more drunk than I've ever seen him before, lying on top of a cash register. He likes to lie on things. Two old, drinks, two old drunks are laughing at him and me. An old woman in her late 60s sitting in the bar points to my father and says, that's the worst head I've ever had. I want my $5 back. Scarred! Scarred for life! I drag my super drunk father out to his car with the old drunks cheering at us. I put him in the back seat. He, of course, lies over the front seat. He likes to lie on things! I know that I must drive us home. I am 15. I don't have my glasses. I've never driven in my life. I am a clumsy and inept chubby boy who is certain to cause an accident. I look up to the heavens with my former altar boy head, and I know that there will be a miracle. I will drive us safely all the way home, three blocks away. We will be all right. I know it. I start the car and immediately run over a fire hydrant. <laughs> Water sprays everywhere, just like a movie. Right away, a police siren is heard. This is it. My life is over. I will be arrested and put to a jail for chubby 15-year-old virgins. I will never be a famous comedian. I will never have other 15-year-old virgins masturbating to my show on TV. <laughs> I panic. Calm down. Become a genius. Get a plan. <laughs> I get a plan and go into action. I drag my father's hands over so that they're holding my steering wheel. I crawl under my father's arms into the passenger seat to make my father look like he's driving. To make him look even more like he's driving, I pull down his pants. I don't know why I think that makes him look like he's driving. I'm panicking. <laughs> the policeman walks to the car, asks me if my father's been drinking. In my best coward accent, I say, oh yes, officer, very much. I told him not to start driving. And he was the only one driving. Oh, yes, officer, the only one. No one else was driving. He puts handcuffs on my father, drags him to the police car, arrests him. My father spends the next two weeks in jail, loses his license. He needs his license. He's a traveling salesman. All because I lied. And I have to live with that for the rest of my life. That's what fucking bothers me. Fuck you, Seinfeld. <laughs> Fuck you. And your fucking odd socks. I have real problems. Drug dad problems. Fuck you. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you. That was my, you know what bothers me, bitch? And now a song from Jesse Valenzuela and Scott of the Gin Blossoms. Yeah. 
Is that, is that on? As bad as it's been, you know it might get worse. I gotta see through hearts Giving all my secrets away I gotta see through hearts Red is my face and in a secret place It tells everyone that I'm a hopeless case I gotta see through hearts Giving all my secrets away I gotta see through hearts On display, yeah, yeah Come on, baby See through hearts I gotta see through hearts to spend and I gotta leave I hope you don't see the sweat on my hands the sweat on my brow the way I feel now with my heart on my sleeve I gotta see through hearts I see through hearts I gotta see through hearts Scott Hetzel, Scott Hetzel. Thank you, Kevin. Stretches so thin, 
I wish I was gone Crawling out of my skin I put another skin on So I could stand so close to you Well, help me slip into My bulletproof jacket You're so good, my bulletproof jackets. And what was soft to the touch never hurts me too much, my bulletproof jacket. Slip into my bulletproof jacket. I always feel so good, my bulletproof jacket. And what was soft to the touch will never hurt me too much. My bulletproof jacket Oh baby Oh darling Oh yeah, yeah Scott Hessel Thank you very much. Phil! Phil! Thank you, Phil! Sorry I kicked you off the stage. Listen and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and Stitcher. I'm Kevin McDonald. I apologize. Forever Dog. This has been a Forever Dog production. Executive produced by Joe Cilio, Alex Ramsey, and Brett Boehm. For more podcasts, please visit foreverdogproductions.com.